Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Glove Podcast. This is Gabrielle Love. I am your host. Today is the final episode of the very first season of the Glove Podcast. I say first season, but really, am I going to do a second season? I'm not sure. I probably will. Uh, But I thought I'd wrap this season up with, uh, I guess, just the way I started off this season with uh, an episode of just me talking um, into a microphone very awkwardly. I I have to say I'm still not used to this approach. I I certainly don't mind. Well, I feel a lot more comfortable um, speaking into a microphone without a camera on Uh, If there is another person involved, then it's a conversation. When it's just me, um, it's a little weird, you know, because I I don't know. It's just a a weird feeling. But anyway, in any case, um, we are back here for the final episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed this season. I certainly was not anticipating to do as many episodes as I wound up with, um, nor did I expect people to come on and, and be excited to come on. Um, I mean, I, I I hoped that that would be the case. I was cautiously optimistic. And as it turns out, people do like to come on podcasts and, and uh, most people, for the most part, um, liked being you know reached out to and being approached and being invited to be a guest so i'm super super grateful and i guess we'll we'll just start there (laughs) shout out to every single guest that we have had on the podcast thank you all for coming on thank you for co-creating with me for letting me hold space for you and for holding space for me as well, because, you know, I'm pretty sure I also did a fair amount of talking, although some episodes I did more listening than talking, which I quite enjoyed. And um, yeah, today's a little different. Um, you know, I, I don't really know what to talk about. Um, I guess I will start. Well, I've already said thank you. Shout out. Thank you. If you have been a guest on the show, thank you for coming on, being a guest. If you have been listening uh, thank you for listening. If you've been sharing uh, this podcast, thank you for doing that. And uh, for those of you who have reached out to me uh, throughout this kind of a season, um, thank you for reaching out to me. Thank you for commenting on various episodes. Thank you for commenting on the kinds of things that you found inspiring or, or empowering. Thank you for sharing your takeaways. Just all around, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so, Before I, you know, came on to kind of record this episode, I thought about coming up with sort of an outline, a general outline of maybe a few key themes that I would talk about. And, you know, that didn't feel right to me, maybe because I am lazy. Um, (laughs) I have some lazy tendencies, I have to say. Um, And maybe also because I, I just wanted this to be as authentic of an experience as possible. And sometimes when I plan things ahead of time, it ends up feeling not as authentic to me. Whereas if I just show up and be myself, um, I, you know, I can't help it. There's really no other option. I, I end up uh, pretty, pretty naturally, organically being myself. And that's really what uh, this has been about for me. It's been about showing up um, as I am showing up, uh, with like in just all of, all of my glory and all of my flaws, um, 
and sharing that with the world in a way, holding space for myself to be seen and heard and also holding space for others to be seen and heard anyway. So, so one of the things that uh, did cross my mind to talk about, which I now kind of uh, have to remember because um, another lovely, lovely, maybe weak point of mine is uh, forgetfulness. I, I tend to forget things. I have to write them down. Otherwise I just don't uh, remember what it was. Um, so I, I'm quite certain that the thing I wanted to talk about was um, relationships or, you know, and when I say relationships, I, I don't mean necessarily romantic relationships. I, I mean, um, engagements with other human beings on this planet and, and those engagements can vary in degrees of, you know, intimacy, connection, um, timelines or time frames as well as, you know, parts of ourselves that uh, show up in those engagements. And, and those, that's what I mean by relationships. It's essentially pretty much any, any interaction um, that takes, um, takes up more space than just, you know, you meet someone maybe at a cafe, you have a brief conversation, then you walk away and you never see that person or think about that person again. If you have multiple interactions with the person, as far as I'm concerned, that is a type of relationship. And um, I mean, it's uh, the word itself, like many other words, is so loaded with nuance and um, just uh, different perspectives that inform how we interpret words. You know, the same word could mean so many different things to different people. And so I, I guess I'm just explaining what relationships mean to me. So relationships, uh, deep breath here. Hmm. So the thing that I thought I would share a bit about is the way in which relationships show up for me. I find that in in my life, you know, the it's it's one thing for me to experience myself as a as a person or as a body, as a spirit, as a mind, as whatever it is that I experience in myself. Uh, it's a it's a it's an entirely different ball game when I'm experiencing myself in relation to others. Um, that's when things really um, start to have a, a bigger impact. And when I say bigger impact, really what I want to talk about is the way in which relationships can trigger parts of ourselves, um, whether they're parts of ourselves that are wrapped up in maybe traumas or conditioning or unconscious uh, patterns or behaviors or parts of ourselves that we love and uh, want to embody more, parts of ourselves that we want to emulate and live in more, whatever those parts of ourselves are. Because, you know, I think there are many, many different parts to myself. And and sometimes I don't even know what those parts are. I discover them. Um and sometimes I'm aware of them and I'm either not tapping into them very much or as much as I'd like. And sometimes I'm tapping into them way too much <laughs> and, and I'd like to rein it back in. Um, but those, I, I find that there are, in my experience, there are parts of myself that really, um, really come to life or are activated um, in, a, in a much stronger and embodied way um, through relationships. Relationships for me are both empowering 
and rewarding, as well as uh, humbling. Humbling is the word. Um, and I, I guess I'll, I'll start there. So humbling, what do I mean by that? <laughs> so I, you know, like many other people, of course, I have a lot of insecurities and, you know, they, they have changed quite drastically over the years. Um, they've taken on different forms or maybe the degree to which I was affected by an insecurity um, has changed and has taken on a different sort of life. That said, you know, there are still insecurities present. And and uh, sometimes I find myself um, noticing how an insecurity that at one point in my life showed up in a particular way, and then, you know, it changed over time, um, starts to show up in the exact same way, as though none of that work ever happened, as though no time has passed, as though I hadn't changed as a person. I find myself in these moments of, oh, wow, you know, I'm still that that person on, on some level, um, that that part of me still exists, is still alive and well. And then that, you know, becomes an invitation for me to care for that care for myself in that process to love, you know, to re reiterate um, and just to reestablish or solidify that self-love and self-care once more. Um, and this is an ongoing process. It seems like it, you know, none of this ever really seems to come to an end. It just, it just goes on and on and on. Personal growth goes on and on and on. Um, so yeah, I wanted to talk about that because, um, I'm, you know, I'm feeling particularly grateful today for for my own insecurities, for for my um, for my own traumas, for I guess you know the parts, the the experiences within myself and within my way of relating to myself or the world or both um, that can that can you know bring up this or, or turn on this narrative of self-doubt um, or activate this narrative of uncertainty, hesitation, moving, navigating through an experience um, or a series of moments or uh, with trepidation or holding a or living in a perspective of self-doubt and uh, just not being sure about things. And like, I guess I'm sharing this because I'm feeling gratitude, um, immense gratitude for all of these things today, more so than ever before. And in the past, you know, these were things that I was really trying to change and and really, really didn't want to be the reality, you know, because I, I thought or I believed that these sort of narratives in my mind that. Um, colored the world for me in such a such an insecure or uncertain way were were things that I needed to fix things that I needed to transform get rid of um, they were things that were not good enough about me and now I see that you know and and again I'm I'm speaking just for myself my my gratitude right now is coming from a place of appreciating the humility that comes with all of these things, appreciating how relationships and people and experiences can humble me and how they do humble me. Because 
like it like it, it's it's really really funny thinking about it now because you know if you asked me about this 10 or 12 years ago say you know what i wanted most was confidence it was self-esteem um or self-love mostly self-esteem at its core because i i just didn't i you know i had i had such trouble um seeing myself as worthy um living in that place of of self-worth and that was something i sought out that was something that i actively worked on um building up for myself now i see that um while i while i you know experience that self-esteem and that self-worth um there's also uh, room, you know, maybe an equal amount of room for self-doubt and insecurity. And I, you know, I find myself kind of going through these phases of, oh, you know, I feel really good. Everything feels great. And then something happens and wham, now I'm, I'm doubting things and I'm doubting myself. And, you know, if it, if it weren't for those moments of self-doubt, um, particularly if it weren't for relationships with other that activate these different parts of myself, um, I, I wouldn't be as humble, you know, I really wouldn't. And I'm grateful for it, you know, I gotta say, cause I, I would just be a, an arrogant, um, a very arrogant person if I, if I didn't, if I didn't find myself doubting myself every now and again, if I didn't find myself feeling insecure every now and again, if I didn't, if I didn't still, you know, find myself having moments in which um, I'm afraid to be rejected or afraid to be abandoned or alienated or left out or all of these things that I used to associate with me not being good enough and, and there being something wrong with me. And now I associate them with um, opportunities to remember to be humble because, you know, like, it's nice to be humble and it's nice to be humbled by things. And I'm really, really feeling into that today. I'm, I'm really um, just recognizing how how easy it is for me to be thrown off my high horse it is so incredibly easy and i forget how easy it is when i go through periods of my life where it's just not happening you know i'm not experiencing it and so i'm on this horse and i'm having a really good time i'm just kind of frolicking um galloping through a field of flowers and the sun is beaming and it and it smells just delicious and I'm feeling good on my body and I'm feeling connected to the horse. Um, I'm feeling, you know, like like we're we're working together. It's it's a collaboration. We're experiencing this wonderful galloping through a field of flowers together. You know, the horse is just as happy as I am and I'm seeing other people and they're doing it too. And, you know, I'm waving at people and it's just such a good old time. And that can go on. That can go on for a period of time until something happens uh, where 
I suddenly find myself no longer on the horse. Now I'm on the floor. My horse is gone. My horse kind of carried on, you know, galloping and being happy. And other people are also, you know, doing this and life is going on. And, and yet I'm on the ground, you know, I've fallen and I don't know how to get back to my horse. I don't know how to get back to some sort of path. I'm just sort of um, in this weird limbo state of what what just happened how did i get here and how could how could you know what seems to be an insignificant moment or an insignificant um event or circumstance or an, insig an insignificant maybe interaction with a person or a person that shows up a new person or an old um pattern that resurfaces or an old experience that resurfaces how or a memory you know just whether it's old or new just something triggers the fall from my high horse. And that for such a long time was very, very difficult for me to accept and surrender to and be at peace with. And I, you know, I can't say that I'm at peace with it now. <laughs> Probably not. You know, reality is I will probably find myself in some moment in the future and none of this gratitude that I'm feeling now, you know, or appreciation that I'm feeling now for these experiences will be present or as present. And instead, I'll just, you know, feel all the other things. And, you know, that like, that's just as likely to happen. Either way, um, right now, I'm feeling humbled by those moments and I'm, I'm feeling. I'm feeling gratitude for those moments because those moments remind me of the parts of myself that are vulnerable, the parts of myself that are raw, the parts of myself um, that feel raw, the parts of myself that can't do it alone, you know, just can't do it alone, parts of myself that need others is in need of love from others acceptance belonging community um the parts of myself that needs help that needs to be helped and feel helped um because it's it's so easy to get caught up uh again i'm speaking for myself it's so easy to get caught up in independence and really living in that and and really enjoying it. And I thrive on that. I, I do. I, I love spending time with myself. Um, I love me time. I, I think I'm, I'm a peaceful person to be around, you know, and a lot of other things in the world are not nearly as peaceful as I am. So, you know, I, I like myself. Um, and I also like people and I can get caught up in a sort of independent way of navigating through life and that for my brain reinforces the idea that I don't need others. And that's not true, you know, because I do need others. Um, and in fact, you know, like I not only need others, but I also want others. And, and maybe some days I, I don't really feel like I want others, but for the most part, I want and need um, connection, uh, whether that's connection to everything life has to offer, you know, inanimate objects, uh, nature, um, other creatures, um, more importantly than anything, people, other people. So all of that is to say, um, 
I am grateful for my insecurities and the way in which people can trigger insecurities and trauma and um, stories in my mind and hurt that I carry that leaves me feeling confused and alone and powerless and small and weak and makes me want to um, makes me want to retreat and you know just make myself invisible. Those moments humble me. They remind me of the the rawness of me. They remind me of the imperfections. They remind me of the me that needs. And yeah, I'm just feeling a lot of gratitude for that. And and now I have a thought that's somewhat related and, and maybe not. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll just wrap that up with saying I'm, I'm just grateful um, for all of uh, life and all that's in life that triggers me or triggers parts of me because it, um, you know, it's just such a beautiful reminder that, you know, there's, there's a part of me that is raw and vulnerable and needs, needs love and acceptance and belonging and needs to feel carried by others. Um, yeah, so lots of gratitude for that. Um, so I had a thought that came up for me as I was saying that, and of course I have to remember the thought now, something around um, things being triggering and right. So, so the thought is this. Uh, so one of the things that I've been experiencing in the last couple of years, I would say, well, I mean, I, it started a few years ago and in the last couple of years, it, it's really ramped up. Um, in many sort of ways, this has shown up for me. And it's, it's the experience of no longer feeling as connected to certain things or spaces as I used to. No longer feeling, no longer experiencing certain things as these incredibly amazing ideal sort of utopic things. And particularly uh, what I want to touch on is the sort of new age spirituality, woo-woo community or spaces that have increasingly, you know, um, become part of the mainstream conversation, you know, have taken up more space, a lot of the sort of um, Older traditions, spiritual traditions have become uh, westernized, like yoga, for example, meditation, um, <clears throat> uh, ceremonies, all of these things. Um, you know, they've kind of made a comeback, if you will, in the Western world, and they've taken on a new life, um, as as they should, you know, because they're 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 you know, how, how do I put this? They're making love with uh, 
<coughs> the Western <clears throat> um, culture and producing these uh, babies. <laughs> and, <coughs> excuse me. So, you know, for a while, I, I had tremendous sort of um, interest, a keen interest in these spaces. And I looked up to these spaces and I wanted to be part of these spaces. And I was for some time. And then the last few years, it, uh, you know, that sort of subsided for me, that excitement subsided. And over time, that with the, you know, subsiding of that excitement, I think more room, um, there was more room as a result of that for other perspectives to, to sort of shine in, if you will. And those other perspectives have become increasingly, uh, well, they've, they've just taken more space <clears throat> in my experience of things in the last couple of years. And with that has come a lot of anger towards that community, um, uh, disappointment, disillusionment, actually, that's the word that I want to emphasize, disillusionment. Because what, what I once saw as, you know, um, these great spaces filled with people who had all the right intentions and were committed to aligning their lives and their, their choices with those intentions. Um, suddenly, over time, became more and more of a perspective of spaces in which people, like every other sort of group of um, humans that that you know connect over certain ideals or intentions, um, uh, you know, navigated those spaces. And those people weren't perfect, and there were imperfections. And I've been noticing those imperfections more and more. And I've become disillusioned, you know, with the new age spiritual community. And and I used to, you know, like it's funny. I I used to like one of the things that used to bother me. Um, was, you know, the, the kind of this, the, how do I put this, the infusion of capitalism in these spaces, you know, the, the charging of these just, just high entry, uh, you know, prices into different spiritual experiences, experiences that are meant to you know, supposedly meant to help people on their journeys, on their paths, meant to help people grow, meant to transform people, to hold space for transformation to take place. And some of those prices were inaccessible to most people. And that would piss me off, you know, because it's, it's fine, you know, if you want to make a living doing spiritual woo-woo stuff, that's great. I think that's wonderful, all power to you. And also don't remember to, you know, don't forget, don't remember, don't forget to continue to make space, you know, for the folks who can't afford uh, these these services or offerings that you're offering, because if you're if you're only going to help people that just so happen to have the money to pay for your offering, 
are you, you know, like I, that just doesn't sit well with me. I just don't understand that because like, yeah, I just don't understand that. And for a long time, I thought, you know, probably that's the reason that doesn't sit well with me is because of my traumas and, you know, my way of relating to things like money and capitalism, et cetera. And, you know, like many other things in my life, I kind of just, I've been blaming myself for, for any and all, you know, perspectives that I have. Um, you know, my, my default is to go, oh, you know, it, it, it probably is just me projecting some sort of unconscious uh, trauma informed um, belief. And, you know, I'm, I'm no longer in that place. And I can say this now without shame and with confidence that, hey, some of it is yes, and I can hold space for that. And you know what, quite frankly, I've done so much of just um, looking to myself first for any and all that I feel maybe um, doesn't sit well with me or I feel is wrong. I've done so much of that. And again, cue insecurities and self-doubt. So grateful for it because it, you know, it forced me to relate to a lot of things in that way. And yeah, I've done enough of that. I, I don't need to do as much of that anymore. You know, like I've, I've done enough of it. I, it's, yeah, I just don't have, um, I think I've spent the maximum amount of energy that, I, okay, this isn't exaggerated. I, I've spent a, enough energy um, looking to myself first um, to take on the responsibility of my experience of something being wrong or my experience of like experiencing something that's present as wrong. I've done so much of that and I'm a good fucking person. So I'm just going to stop doing that part of my language or at least try to do it less. And that I, I'm already doing that. I, I am doing that less now. And, and so that brings me back to where we were. Uh, I now notice things and I think to myself, like with that, the example of looking at uh, some of these spiritual woo-woo spaces and noticing the way in which people are charging an arm and a leg for certain offerings and, and not, you know, again, that's totally fine, but not also making it part of your responsibility to make it accessible to other folks as well is I think irresponsible. I think it is completely irresponsible and it's hypocritical. And for me, as far as I'm concerned, that is not an indication that, you know, people actually care about transforming lives. What they care about is having a lifestyle, um, that is that feels good for them that feels fulfilling for them and it just so happens that they're in a place in their lives where doing something new agey is um is fulfilling as a lifestyle or as a livelihood um and that's not you know that is just not as far as i'm concerned operating on you know a sincere intention to transform lives that's operating on a sincere intention to transform your own life it is not inclusive of other folks because if it was, you'd stop to think about the way in which you go about building these businesses that you're building and 
and including people that just don't have access to certain things and they just cannot afford to pay for some sort of transformative, you know, uh, transformative experience. And you're really only catering to people who are privileged. And that blows. And quite frankly, um, and I'll say this very clearly, the choices that you are making for those of you who are doing that suck. That's what it boils down to. And I'm not ashamed to say it anymore. And, and there are many other things that I now notice are wrong in the spiritual community. That, you know, and again, like I want to emphasize people are not wrong. It's the, the choices that are being made that are wrong. And, and I don't mean like wrong as in there's a wrong and right. Um, I mean that they're not in alignment with the supposed intentionality of this lifestyle and ideals that people are um, supposedly emulating or living in. You like, I don't, you, you cannot live um, in, in the intention of, of transforming lives and helping people and being sort of part of their journey and empowering them on their path to connect with themselves or connect with their path or all this stuff. You cannot do that while simultaneously also excluding other people while simultaneously only making it accessible to certain people, those certain people being people who are privileged for many, many reasons. Um, and I get it, like, you know, people maybe are just not there yet. Um, and it's that's part of the journey. It's part of the process. It's, you know, um, coming to the real, like arriving at the realizations that, oh, hey, maybe, maybe I'm not as inclusive as I think I am. And, and, you know, this is the piece that maybe says what I'm trying to say um, a little better. Spirituality, as far as I'm concerned, must include inclusion. Like that has to be a part of it. I, I don't think you can be um, spiritual and care about the interconnectedness of all things and people and love and peace and all this stuff and growth and, you know, like embracing your shadows, yada, 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 all the woo-woo stuff. You cannot hold space for that without inclusivity. You just cannot do that because that is not that is not connectedness that is not everything being connected if everything is connected and you you are really living into that um then you you'd be aware of the way in which the choices that you make create these barriers between yourself and other groups of people and when you're creating these barriers well you're disconnecting yourself you're you're not building those bridges and yeah I just want to say that um, I don't remember why I started talking about this. Right. So that brings me back to insecurity. So one of the things that I notice in the spiritual woo-woo community is, and, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of this too. Like I said earlier, I was doing this very much, you know, only a few years ago um, 
we're looking at insecurities or self-doubt as something that we we are actively trying to transmute or change um, because there's there's this better way of being there's a better way of living and and that better way is like always living in your sovereign power and always being in your in your excitement and fulfillment and and always um making choices with confidence and like being aware of your self-worth yada yada all this stuff all the time that is not that i i disagree <laughs> that is not true um it's just not true what like well not, nothing is really absolutely true but what i'm trying to say is um stop making people feel like like they need to be this ideal version of themselves um like they need to reach this potential that 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 they need to strive for this super embodied connection to their spirit or something um because they don't need to none of us need to i don't need to and i've 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 been, you know, like I've related to myself in that way many, many times, and I still do it every day. So it's not like I'm, <laughs> I'm not in this category of people. I definitely am, uh, because I often find myself, you know, spewing this kind of narrative. Um, and I'm also grateful that I, I'm gradually more and more um, letting that go, and and letting it go in the sense of, you know, it holding up all this space i'm now also holding space for being <laughs> being me as someone who's insecure as someone who has insecurities as someone who has self-doubts as someone who can be triggered as someone who has trauma-informed responses and behaviors as someone who has unconscious conditioning as someone who hasn't figured it all out and and has a ton of stuff in in you know on a cellular level that i am still processing and discovering being okay with just being that and not needing to reach some sort of destination where everything is uh, beautiful and dandy and yeah you know i'm just <laughs> it's it's uh, there's a lot that i have that, that i want to say about this kind of thing um really it's just like I, I notice, like the other thing that I notice about the sort of woo-woo spiritual community is like a lot of like selling of this idea that, you know, you can, you can um, live the life that you want and, and, you know, have this, have this amazing lifestyle um, that you love and that you're happy with. And, and look at me, I, I have that lifestyle. I am doing that thing that, that, you want to do too and i can help you get there i can teach you how to get there yada yada it's it's selling a story like that that's what it is for me it's um it's a sales pitch you know it's an ad basically people are walking around like living breathing advertisements for some sort of life that they will then help you live out yourself um if you pay them <laughs> and it's it's funny it, like 
I mean, I, I don't know what else there is to say about it. I think the spiritual community has just become a capitalist community. And there's, you know, for the most part, it is. Um, and that doesn't mean that there aren't people also, you know, holding space for everyone and being inclusive and, and being aware of things that need, you know, there needs to be awareness of. Um, I'm, I'm not saying those people aren't there, aren't out there. They are out there. I'm just specifically talking about the people who, quite frankly, are privileged and are not seeing past their privilege. And they are just wearing this cloak of holier than thou, I'm spiritual, look at me, I'm connected, and I'm doing so well. And you can you can do this too. You can be this too. You just need to um, pay for all these offerings to get there. Um, and the problem I have with that is that more often than not with those uh, people, not enough of the reality of the circumstances in their lives that allowed for such unfolding to take place um, is talked about, is like, is, is brought to the surface, is brought into the conversation. Here's an example of that. Um, people that maybe were born and raised in uh, North America, um, have had uh, tremendous like uh, privileges and advantages over many other folks around the world, have had access to resources, um, to information, to community-led initiatives, to maybe um, support systems. All of this access and privilege has, as has, essentially made it so certain things can happen easier than others. Now, if you take a person like that and you compare them to a person who was not born and raised in that kind of environment, or maybe was and just simply did not have access to the same degree, cue people of color in North America just don't get the same access to the same resources. Uh, the indigenous folks just don't get the same access to the same resources. Um, as other folks do. Uh, so you compare these two people and for you to then, you know, like two, three decades later to, you know, make the sales pitch that you have connected to your soul and your soul's purpose and your path and your living and your sovereignty and all this good woo-woo stuff and that's why, you know, you are now living your best life. No, it's not why you're living your best life. It, it's part of why you're living your best life. It's part of why you're aware of other things. And, and maybe you have more joy and fulfillment in your life. Yes, sure. And also, it's not the only reason. You, you are not living your best life exclusively because of your spiritual path. You are living your best life because of a combination of your spiritual path and the reality of the world that has given you more access and more privileges. Like that is why you're living your best life. And then for you to go around and, and sell this best life of yours to folks who didn't have the same access, didn't have the same privileges, are still very much working with disadvantages that are actually advantages for you 
is not okay. There is something wrong with that. And again, when I say wrong, what's wrong with that is that it's not in alignment with this supposed like spiritual path sales pitch that you keep making. And when I say you, I mean all of you people out there that are doing this, all of you people out there who are not doing enough to talk about the privileges that have enabled you to be where you are today. The role that your the the role that privilege has played in your life is important to talk about. It's important to bring to the surface. It's important to be to make part of conversations. You cannot exclude that element of your life from the from anything that you tell other people <laughs> about your life because it's just not true. It is just not true and it's not fair to hold these expectations up to other folks um, to, you know, arrive at that same place by just, you know, being spiritual, by tapping into their sovereignty, by, you know, believing in manifestation and universe and all that stuff. You cannot have those expectations of folks who simply do not um benefit from the same privileges that you benefit from. Um, and it just, you know, it pisses me off. The spiritual community, the new age woo-woo community needs to get their shit together because they're not talking about the way in which privileges have have informed their lives, the way in which privileges have allowed their lives to unfold the way it has. You need to start talking about this. You need to make it part of your conversation as far as I'm concerned. And this is why I'm so over the spiritual community. It's because you're not having these conversations and all you're really talking about is all the really good stuff. And, and even when you talk about shadows, you, you just talk about, you know, yeah, we all have shadows and, and we must embrace them and look at them. Yes, great. And what about the reality of the shadows that have made it so that you can be who you are and other folks are stuck or are, are forced to be who they are? without their consent fyi none of us consented to this you like nobody consented to this i mean none of us that are born now or alive now for the most part consented to this you know fucked up world that we live in um and it's just it, it's important to acknowledge uh the reality of the the factors that come into play in our lives not just the choices that we make, not just the personal development and growth, not just the awareness and self-awareness and all this stuff. Also the reality, like really the reality of what other folks are facing in contrast to what you are maybe not facing. Uh, like, like it's just, I just, <laughs> you know, I'm, ugh, that was a lot. I feel gratitude once more for for life humbling me, for giving me experiences that, you know, have forced me to be grounded in reality. Because I used to live in the clouds, and and in some ways I still do. Um, and I'm just so grateful that 
um, I've been fortunate, privileged enough to have had experiences in my life that humbled me to my core, that brought me down to the ground, brought me down to my feet. And on that level, realized that, holy shit, I have not been paying attention to reality at all because I was so busy living in this woo-woo la-la land um, of creating a new world, a peaceful world, um, <laughs> while bypassing the reality of where we are. And y'all need to wake the fuck up to reality. Um, you know, it, it's nice that people are caring about community and connecting and all of these things and, and the spiritual path and, and just your soul and all that stuff that's really beautiful. And I'm all for it. You know, like, I love that too. And, you know, for crying out loud, there's also the reality, the reality of things that are happening that have been happening. And some of us have just had more privilege than others. And that has in fact enabled us to have certain kinds of experiences. It's not because we're special. It's not because we connected to greater things. Um, it's not because we're, you know, further ahead in our spiritual paths, we're just more aware, whatever, on our way to enlightenment. It's not because we've had these like beautiful experiences. And I'm, I'm talking about myself too. I'm including myself in this group. It is not because of these things that we have been blessed with incredible experiences of feeling connected to life and things and feeling gratitude and living in that space often, more often than not, it's not because of us exclusively. It is also because we have been privileged. We have had access to resources. We have had access to the freedom and the time and the space to explore and to hold space within ourselves and in our lives for these kinds of experiences, these beautiful positive experiences to unfold before us. We have been privileged. Our privileges have enabled our life experiences. That is the reality and it needs to be part of a conversation all the fucking time. We cannot go on ignoring this. We cannot go on pretending, you know, and it's probably not pretending. We just don't know any better, including myself. I mean, I just found out, <laughs> you know, the, and again, like I'm, I'm really discovering things as I go along. It's not like I knew this a year ago. Um, it needs to be part of the conversation uh, because it's not rational and it's not fair. Um, to the folks who just didn't have the same privileges to enable these experiences for them. And then again, going back to doing offerings and building businesses around these like beautiful experiences that we've had that have enabled us to change our lives. Um, it just, you know, it just doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. I, you know, it's out of integrity for me. I, I cannot exclusively um, 
spent my time and energy transforming the lives of only the folks who have privileges that enable them to have access to those offerings. I cannot do that exclusively. I must include the folks who simply do not. And I must think about those folks. And I must think about the ways in which they are at a disadvantage. And I must think about their lack of access to resources and to time. And I must think about the way in which that lack has informed their entire lives and the way in which that informs where they are now in their ability to be receptive, in their level of awareness, their ability to understand these like concepts that maybe came easier to some of us and, and maybe to some of us took more time. But there, there is so much that goes on in a person's life. You just cannot expect a person to go from life feels like it's out of my control to life is in my control. And again, you know, the thought that comes up for me now is I have been that person so many times and I probably still am that person. And I am, I am so, so sorry. I didn't know any better and I want to do better and I am committed to doing better. Um, yeah, because I have been that person. I have set expectations of other folks to take control of their lives, take control of their their internal experience, take control of their relationships, take control of just every experience that they have in life. I have been that person. And now that I am remembering that, I I feel I feel less empowered to um speak this this truth that I'm feeling resonating with me in this moment um, with as much passion and anger um, because, you know, that anger also and that passion um, must direct to myself as well. And, you know, I don't really want <laughs> that um, to come my way. I guess I'm getting a taste of my own medicine. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a, an interesting moment I am having, you know, here I am being, being angry at all this stuff and, and talking about it or talking about some of it, um, mostly rambling on about, you know, the spiritual community, because there are many other things I feel anger about. Um, but in this moment of doing that, then, then noticing, oh, wait, hold on. Uh, I am those people. I, I do those things. I have done those things. Have I really changed any of those things? You know, so if I'm going to be angry at all of those people, naturally I ought to be angry at myself as well, or, you know, uh, angry with myself, not at myself, um, and include myself in the, the pool of folks that I am spewing <laughs> shit at. Um, and it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to be on the receiving end of that. I'm so sorry that I have been spewing shit <laughs> at some of you. And also, um, sometimes reality is uncomfortable and it, uh, it sucks to, to hear things about ourselves 
um, and about where we are in our journeys that are sobering. It sucks to hear things that make us feel like, oh, fuck, uh, actually, we're, we're not doing as well as we thought we were. Um, or there's room for changes. There's room for improvement here. Sometimes those moments are uncomfortable. And I think I'm just feeling the discomfort of being on the receiving end of that and, and being, being on the giving end of that. It is uncomfortable. And so, yeah, these conversations are uncomfortable. They are. It is, it is very uncomfortable to, to sit with, um, the reality of the the ways in which our showing up in the world is exclusionary. Um, it's excluding, and it doesn't take into account the humanity of other folks. And it, uh, like, doing that is not in alignment with what what we intend to do. You know. Because most of us intend um, intend to do right by ourselves and others, um, and part of the the journey um, of you know just just part of the journey. <laughs> it's just the journey um, is to notice new things about ourselves and the ways in which we show up, and the ways in which we relate to others, and the ways in which we make choices, and our actions. And noticing that more and more new layers, new elements, um, discovering new perspectives. Sometimes these are great, and they feel um, exhilarating. Sometimes they're profound realizations and we feel liberated. And sometimes we feel uncomfortable. And I think the last few years, um, for me on an individual level, and I think also collectively, more of that discomfort has, um, has, has been around for many of us, you know, on a collective level, the conversations that have been happening around uh, white supremacy, uh, for example, or just uh, colonization, the impact of colonization, um, income inequality, violence, uh, war crimes, um, so many things that have happened in the past and are happening now and probably will continue to happen in the future. These have become more and more part of conversation, mainstream conversation. And that to me is an indication that that discomfort um, is happening on a collective level and it's happening on an individual level. I can certainly speak for myself. Um, the last couple of years have been uncomfortable for me, increasingly uncomfortable. And it continues to be uncomfortable. I mean, look at this moment that I just had uh, talking <laughs> about the spiritual community and and the flaws that I've been seeing, and and then and then you know noticing how much of that 
is reflected in me, you know, how, how much of that I reflect. Um, and feeling very uncomfortable in that. Um, you know, I've had lots of these moments of discomfort uh, because the truth, which I once believed was this beautiful, liberating thing, um, now I recognize uh, the, the discomfort that it also embodies. It's not just the liberating thing, it's also an uncomfortable thing. Um, funny, I have a tattoo on um, just above my chest, under my neck, and it's uh, a series of bars, and underneath it reads, Truth Binds Me. And I got that, I don't know, somewhere in my early 20s, maybe 19, I'm not sure, um, at some point, over a decade ago. And I got it uh, because I felt like I was bound by truth. No matter what I did, um, I felt like a prisoner of truth because there was, there was no way out of um, the, the truth that confined my experience because the truth for me defined my limitations. It, it shed light on limitations. It shed light on barriers. It shed light on discomfort. And it's funny that I'm saying this now because maybe I understood this very experience that I've been having in the last couple of years and in this moment more then than I do now. And maybe that's what um, inspired the tattoo. Um, but anyway, I, you know, at the time, clearly I felt, um, and I'm trying to remember back, I think what I felt was that uh, truth, I was bound, I was bound by truth, you know. Um, there was no escaping truth. And it, um, you know, I guess in a way it's bittersweet. It's, it's really great. Ooh, truth, you know. Um, what a liberating, liberating, enlightening thing. And yet also, what a constricting thing. Because the truth is that we don't live in perfection um, on this planet as these uh, beings, as this human species. We don't live in perfection. We live in duality. We don't live in peace. We live in peace and chaos. <laughs> you know, we don't live in joy and love. We live in joy and love and hurt and suffering. We live in pain. We live in death. We live in rebirth. Um, we live in disconnect disconnectedness. Ah, we live in isolation, um, in fear, in trauma. Um, along with, you know, joy, laughter, excitement, connection, belonging. We live in all of these things. And that's the truth. Or, you know, some version of the truth. Because, <laughs> again, there is no absolute truth. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, we can't, we can't know the absolute truth. There's, there's no such, it's just not, there may as well not be an absolute truth because we can't know it. Um, 
and I used to think that there was, and maybe there is, I don't know. All I know is I can't personally know the absolute truth. Um, because if I did, then I wouldn't be having all of these experiences. Um, because these experiences individually, um, are experienced within, uh, the confines of that perspective. Like when I am feeling sad about an event that occurred in my life or an event that is occurring or something. And I'm really, really living in that. Um, you know, I, in those moments, I'm not living in joy or peace. On some level I am, but in, in that experience, I'm just experiencing the sadness. Um, and, you know, like, the only way I really recognize joy is because of the memory of sadness, because I have, you know, an experience. I, I have a memory of what sadness is like. That's, that's how I can tell sadness from joy. I can't have them both at the same time. I mean, I can, I suppose. Um, I don't know what that would be like to live in both at the same time. Um, and maybe that's not the, a, a good example for that because joy and sadness is probably not as hard to live in to at the same time, but some other experiences, um, you know, are harder, harder to, um, hold space for together. Um, where am I going with all of this? Just, uh, life is uncomfortable. It's not always great. It's not always joy and peace and love. Um, and if I'd known this all those years ago throughout my life, it would have made it a lot easier to move through certain periods of my life. You know, because there have certainly been periods of my life where I couldn't see past the experience that I was having. That experience was the only experience I was having, and it felt permanent. You know, there was a quality of permanence to it that was, you know, that sh shielded me from everything else, every other experience, everything else that's possible in life. I couldn't see past it. That was the only world I was living in. that happens. It can happen. And the, you know, like the opposite is also true. F finding myself in periods of life where everything is joyful and fulfilling and filled with gratitude. And I'm just on this, I, I'm on this cloud, you know, like a magic carpet cloud. That's what I'm living on, just flowing through life. Everything is easy and light. And I forget in those moments, I don't know what sadness is. I don't know what discomfort is. I, I, I don't know what it's like to not know what to do or, you know, not feel good about myself or life. I don't know what it's like to not feel safe or secure or trust the world or the planet or life to work out. I don't. I don't know any of those things in those moments. I can't access them. I can't tap into them. 
because my brain at, at that point is 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 you know like there's a it's running a very specific neural network and it's looping that over and over and over and that that pattern is a pattern of everything is awesome everything is cool when you're part of the team that's what it's doing and these moments have come and gone and if i knew then what i know now maybe they would have been easier maybe I would have recognized the impermanence of things more. Um, maybe the impermanence of things would have been more embodied as an experience for me. Um, alas, that's not what happened. <laughs> and today I can say at least this, that life is uncomfortable. And that is okay. It doesn't, we don't need to set these expectations of ourselves, of others, of life for things to be comfortable all the time. And it's tricky because, you know, we still have to be able to make decisions that make sense for us like if you if you find and you know, I'm, I'm speaking for from experience here if you if you find yourself you know in a scenario a situation whether it's um a job that you have or, or a relationship that you're in or a dynamic with a family member or something of that nature um and it's uncomfortable and it's uncomfortable and it's uncomfortable and it, it keeps being uncomfortable and it just goes on and on and on, you know, just because I'm, I'm, you know, like I'm expressing this, this, all of this as sort of an invitation to recognize that that's part of life, um, that it's okay. doesn't mean that like, it's okay to, um, acknowledge that, to face that, to admit to it, to admit to it being real. Um, just because that's the case doesn't mean that, you know, you can't also make choices to, you know, whenever it makes sense for you um, to move in a different direction. So if a relationship or a job or a dynamic with family member with these examples, it continues to be uncomfortable, and you think that a choice that you make might change that, make that choice, change it. I'm not saying you need to be uncomfortable all the time. I'm I'm just saying you you don't have to feel bad about being uncomfortable. It is okay. It is natural to feel uncomfortable because some things are just uncomfortable. And the reality is we live in a world where many 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 things give us joy. And many things um, bring on discomfort, and there's there's room for both. There's room for all of it. Um, yeah, I think I'm I'm just inviting you, <laughs> whoever's listening. Thanks for listening, by the way. Um, I'm inviting you to hold space for both. And really what I'm inviting you to do as, as far as discomfort is concerned to one, don't be afraid of discomfort. 
let yourself be uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. It does suck. I'm not saying it's like letting yourself do it or like, you know, making space for it is going to make it any easier. No, it's not. It's still going to be uncomfortable. Um, probably more than you even anticipate. It sure is for me. It's uncomfortable every single time. And, you know, you probably witnessed it in this episode where I got uncomfortable and suddenly my tone changed and my body language changed. You can't see that, but my body language changed and, and my entire experience in my body has changed. I've, there's been a physiological change because I was uncomfortable. Um, yeah, it, it will continue to be uncomfortable. Um, and that's okay. You know, that doesn't make you any less of a good person doesn't make your intentions any less um, true. Um, it doesn't make you any less worthy of love and belonging. It doesn't take any room away from you to continue to unfold, to continue to be on this journey of self-discovery, of discovery in general. It doesn't take anything away from you. All it does is make you uncomfortable. And maybe something will come of that and maybe something will not. But either way, discomfort is part of life and it's not something we can ever avoid. We just can't run away from discomfort in life. Um... Again, we can make choices, however, <laughs> to not continue to live in discomfort, uh, if and when that makes sense, um, because there's there's so much nuance here. There's so much nuance in everything. You know, it's just life is a complicated thing, and sometimes it doesn't feel complicated at all. It feels very, very simple, and sometimes it feels way too complicated. And I'm finally. <laughs> Again, ding, 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 gratitude. I'm finally in a place where I don't feel like telling anyone what they like, what they need to do in their lives um, to navigate life. Um, even though it probably sounds like I just did, I have been doing that. Um, and I probably have. Uh, I. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is life doesn't make any sense and it does and it doesn't matter and nothing really matters and everything matters and all I'm really doing is sitting at my desk recording a final episode of the first season of a my first podcast that I called the Glove Podcast because I like playing with my name <laughs> and I'm speaking into a microphone. I'm words are coming out of my mouth. Well, sound is coming out of my <laughs> my body. And it takes the, the form of words, language. And everything that has been happening in these moments that we've shared and that it continues to happen is an extension of 
everything that has happened before in in so many ways beyond my own life you know whoever first developed some of the words that i have been using that is present through my use of those words you know um there there is so much present in this moment than meets the eye or that i'm aware of and it is while while you know it is fun to understand and pick apart all of those things and i am as guilty as you can be on doing that i love philosophizing i love overanalyzing i love complicating things i love all of it i love patterns yada 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 yes i'm on board and also all that's really happening in this moment is a human being is communicating through a certain method you know through some hardware through some other innovations like the internet um and that's all that's happening i am communicating that's as simple as it 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 can be and i could probably go even further and say just i am just being in this moment i am momenting that's it a moment is happening um that's it oh my god this reminds me of time god I, time is such a beautiful thing to talk about uh, as complete sidebar but i'll probably have to save that for another episode because otherwise this one will get very very long and y'all will stop listening um by the way do you tell me if this was enjoyable because uh it's been enjoyable for me and i i want to hear that it's enjoyable i know i've been saying it in in like the context of you know support and all that stuff but really i care to know that y'all care <laughs> about me and that y'all care to hear me um and that that this is also enjoyable for others because that for me makes me feel like um you know that that makes me feel like i'm enjoyable like my presence is enjoyable and and what i'm doing is enjoyable and makes me feel like y'all love me so can 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 you just like take the time to say hey i really enjoy if you enjoyed it <laughs> i enjoyed this episode i love you uh, because that's really what it boils down to in terms of what i want from others uh, in this experience. What I want for myself is just to experience it because I really enjoy this. And, and from others, I, I want to feel appreciated and I want to feel loved. So please do that. Anyway, uh, back to what I was talking about, which I now don't remember. Uh, right. So I could get rid of everything and arrive at just one line of what is occurring and that line being i am communicating and that's it what i communicate doesn't have to be meaningful why i communicate doesn't be, have to be meaningful how i communicate doesn't have to be meaningful where i communicate doesn't have to be meaningful and when all the w's um there doesn't have to be any meeting um it can just be i am communicating and 
in the same way, there doesn't have to be any expectation for me. Um, I am communicating, period. That's it. Not I am communicating and I hope people like it. Or I am communicating and I hope this makes a difference in someone's life. I am communicating and I hope that what I am saying makes sense. I am communicating and I hope that I am communicating things that are, you know, a, a, a reflection or an extension of personal growth and self-awareness and enlightenment and all of these things. Um, it can be all of that. I, I can certainly do all of that. And I have been doing all of that in this entire episode up until, you know, like four minutes ago. Um, or it can just be, I am communicating and that is all there is to it. And I think pretty much all things in life we can simplify <laughs> um, at a period, at a dot, you know, three or four words in. And that's it. That's all that's happening. Nothing else is happening. Everything else is layers and layers and layers of storytelling. And that's beautiful. It is so beautiful that we tell stories. And with the stories that we tell, we have managed to innovate and build up all sorts of things as a species with our stories. That's how we've done it with our stories. We've acted on stories. We've connected over stories. We've understood an intention through storytelling. We've taken on intentions and choices and goals and visions through storytelling. It's such a beautiful and powerful thing that is a part of our human species. And we are so fucking lucky that we just so happened to have evolved this particular thing um, that other species are probably not doing. They're probably not telling stories. Um, maybe they are, but maybe not to the same degree. Who knows? Maybe they are. I don't know. Maybe they're having a jolly time as well. And they are experiencing themselves as a species as super enlightened and evolved and yada, yada. Maybe they are. I don't know. Um, I can only speak for us as humans, as myself. Um, life for me is nothing is happening all the time and yet so many things are happening because of the unique capacity to tell stories and that's it that's all that's all folks that is all there is to it that is it i don't have anything else to say let's I, I'm going to wrap it up there because um, I could go on forever. And I do want to do that. And also I'm insecure about doing that. And then nobody gives a flying fuck. Um, <laughs> uh, I am just, <laughs> let's go right back to the beginning. I am so fucking grateful for my insecurities because it's like, you know, for the reasons that I mentioned, and also this gratitude empowers me to share them more candidly. Um, like, hey, geez, I'm a human being, and I love love, I love to love, and I love to be loved. And I want the world to love me. I want the listeners to love me. 
You know, I want you listening to love me. I want for you to care. I want all of these things. Why wouldn't I want any of these things? Um, yeah, and just so shout out to my insecurities for <sighs> for giving me the opportunity to recognize the needs that they are pointing at, those needs being love, connection, belonging. Um, so please, please um, invite me to feel like I belong. Invite me to feel loved. Um, invite me to feel cared for. Invite me to feel safe. And I will do the same. I am do I'm doing my best to do the same. Or don't do any of those things and just be. And I'll continue to be because really that's all that's happening. Because everything is a story and nothing's really happening. Ha! Ah, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. Um, sending you all lots of love. Thank you for an incredible season on this podcast. Thank you to all of the guests for coming on. Do check out my new podcast. It's called the Almas Podcast. A-L-M-A-Z. That's Alpha Lima. Don't know what M is. Marco Alpha Zebra Podcast. A-L-M-A-Z. The Almas Podcast. It means diamond in Amharic. Uh, it's my mother tongue. It's my grandmother's name. It's a great podcast. It's going to be great. Please listen to that. Please make me feel loved <laughs> in the context of that as well. Um, and yeah, I guess, uh, we'll, we'll see ya in, at season two, uh, whenever that comes out, probably sometime in the fall, I am actively, I will actively be looking at the end of summer. I, I may start a bit sooner than that, but the end of summer, I will begin to plan out the episodes and the recordings. So if you have anyone in mind, now's the time to let me know between now and, and fall, of course. And, and hopefully by the end of this year, um, probably the same time that uh, the first episode was released last year, um, I will release episode two of uh, season two of the Glove Podcast. And maybe it will not be about psychedelics. Maybe it'll be about other things. I don't know. Maybe it'll just be me. Who knows? Because none of it matters and nothing is really ever happening except storytelling. Ah, uh, that's the end. Nothing makes sense. It doesn't have to make sense. I love you all. Thank you for tuning in and have a great summer, everyone. Bye.